0: I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. John Smith. He is a poultry consultant for Electrion in Baldwin, Georgia. Always good to see you, John. Good to see you, Joe. Now, you, perhaps more than anybody in the industry, has a lot of experience with no antibiotics ever production. I, you know, you can talk about coccidiosis and necrotic enteritis and all these other bugs, but it's in the end, it's really about building a strong immune system, isn't
1: it? That's a, a very important part of it, yes.
0: And what are the keys to that in your mind?
1: Obviously, bursal disease is a huge issue. Chick anemia virus, you've got to do everything you can to control both of those. Just general stress, so careful management, litter management, air quality management, um, the management of the rest of your vaccine program, giving them what they need and no more. Um, and. Um, You know, I think one thing that a lot of people don't consider uh, is Marek's disease. We know that disease is immunosuppressive, um, so you need to attend to that that issue as well.
0: Yeah, you think of it as a disease that causes tumors, but at the end of the day, it's really working at the immune system, isn't it?
1: That's the cells that it attacks, correct.
0: Now, recently, uh, I've heard that some operations that have eliminated the antibiotic in the hatchery and perhaps eliminated antibiotics in their whole program, um, they decided that they they didn't want to vaccinate for Marex in the hatchery because they didn't want that needle penetrating the egg. They weren't using the antibiotic anymore, so presumably they weren't going to vaccinate for Marex. I think they started doing it in the summer months, some have expanded it to other months uh, and then they, they say that their seven-day mortality is down, so I, I guess that part of it's working, but seven days does not make a bird. No. Uh, what are your thoughts on that strategy?
1: Well, you know, I think there's a, there's a few issues to consider there, and, and the first one is the obvious one. And I'm sure that the people that are doing this are monitoring this closely, but are you going to start seeing Merrick's condemnations? And, and if they do, I'm sure that, that they'll have to rethink that strategy. Um, I think that it's possible that in certain parts of the country, certain seasons, uh, particularly for instance in a, a very small bird program, you may escape without having a, a tumor condemnation problem. I know that in uh, some parts of the world, Europe, where they grow a very small bird, they clean out every time. Uh, I think it's a fairly common practice and they're, they're able to do that. I think the other issue uh, like we said, is is what effects might that have on the immune system? Um, I think the jury's out on that. Um, we know that that the vaccines that we use don't prevent infection; they prevent tumors. The disease. The Merrick's disease uh, vaccines, vaccines don't prevent infection with the virus. They prevent the development of tumors. Uh, and I think the question that, that some very capable people such as Isabel Hamino at NC State are, are trying to address uh, is we know that, that, that the, the early phases of that disease are lytic to, to, to uh, lymphocytes and there is some immune suppression that results. I think what's less clear is how well the vaccines counter that. Uh, but the concern would be uh, if those vaccines are helping us control that aspect of the disease, then you're giving up that protection if you um, if you stop vaccination. I think the other issue is that you should be able to administer that vaccine in ovo and control most of those potential infection consequences with methods other than antibiotics. And I think most of the in people the in the hatchery uh, and before the hatchery. So hen house management, nest management, egg collection, egg sanitation, egg handling management, and then obviously hatchery cleanliness and management. Now Zoetis, as part of their program of of servicing and supporting that machine, in my opinion, does a great job of addressing those issues with their customers. Um, I think that that if you talk to a lot of my colleagues that the the experience when you go on on NAE and you abandon the the antibiotics is variable some people see very little effect some people say see major effects Um, my guess is that the the average is that you'll see your seven day mortality go up over whatever your baseline is a half a percent or so maybe a percent and with attention to detail and people don't like to hear this, but a lot of elbow grease—you mm-hmm. can reel almost all that back in. So, to, to me, abandoning the Marex vaccine, running the risk of tumor condemnations, running the potential risk of immune suppression, which is so critical in these programs, mm-hmm. is a uh, an injudicious way of, of addressing that issue. You ought to look at the other real issues with it, which are egg management, hatchery management, cleanliness, sanitation.
0: Let me switch gears here to uh, another topic, salmonella, because um, obviously it's a concern for every producer in the industry. I know from past conversations uh, there's been some indication that you really have to watch the amount of foodborne pathogens going into processing when they haven't received any antibiotics. What what was your experience?
1: That's a a fraught subject uh, to discuss. So, so I'm going to refrain from giving any personal uh, references. Uh, that there, there is uh, work published in the literature uh, that suggests that failure to control gut health issues adequately probably predisposes you to more salmonella uh, carriage, uh, higher loads, perhaps greater tissue invasion. So, so failure to control particularly coccidiosis failure To control non-specific enteritis, is likely a risk factor for increased salmonella carriage. And I
0: saw some statistics uh, the other week about the, a, a sharp increase in uh, the number of uh, poultry operations that are now vaccinating broilers for salmonella to try to stay within the uh, the new part standards uh, issued by USDA. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Where do you draw the line uh, on, on broiler vaccination for Salmonella?
1: Yeah, that's, that's another fraught and, and interesting question. Um, you know, I think, I think we're all becoming to realize more and more that Salmonella control has got to be uh, a global process in the business. Uh, our primary breeders, I think, have done an admirable job of supplying us with a breeder chick that that by and large is very clean, and they're they they and they'll admit they're not a hundred percent either, but they're they're very close. Uh, you know, our challenge then is to keep it clean through pullet rearing, uh, on into the hen house, through the hatching process and, and and the processing. And yeah, in the past, I think we've all relied mainly on the plant. It's your problem. You take care of it. Uh, I think that's the most cost-effective and efficient place to attack it still to this day, but they can only reduce what the live side sends them. Mm-hmm. So we've all got to get on board and try to try to reduce that carriage rate going into the plant. So we have a number of tools to do that. Uh, I think that live or that kill vaccines in the breeder program are very important and, and are quite effective. Uh, sanitation, rodent control, litter management but one of the other tools that we've got is live vaccination and I think there's adequate evidence that that it is also helpful and effective like all of these other processes it's not hundred percent. I think that that to date it, it it tends to have been used when you got in trouble when you exceeded the limit in the plant and now this part standard is going to put increased pressure on that. Um, I think maybe that's been a short sighted approach because they are effective, they help, and I think the the part standard is probably driving that, maybe a realization that that we've got to use every tool we can at every point we can and set up as many hurdles as as we can is, is driving some of this increased usage of the live vaccines as well.
0: Well it'll be interesting to watch, I guess, as more producers find themselves in category two, category three of yes. that USDA yes. assessment. So We've been talking to Dr. John Smith. He is a veterinarian and poultry consultant for Electrion in Baldwin, Georgia. John, always a pleasure, thank you. Thank you, Joe.